Hello everybody and welcome to You Have Failed with me, Sam Vader, aka Ewan. Uh, this is the first episode of this new podcast, You Have Failed. And in this sort of podcast, the main conception of the idea is that I'm going to be talking through certain films, TV shows, books, games, any sort of uh, probably fictional media that I enjoy and give a more opinionated talk on it. So it's not going to be factual. I'm not going to be telling you whether you're right or wrong. This is purely a case of what is my opinion on the subject. And as I'm sure you've guessed from the namesake of the show, you have failed. I'm a big fan of Arrow, which has recently concluded after eight seasons. So I thought I'd take the opportunity to, in this episode, have a chat about the Emerald Archer himself, uh, the show of Arrow. There was a partner video to this on my YouTube channel, same Vader, same name. Please do check out that YouTube channel. I do a lot of Pokemon playthrough, Nuzlocks, everything else. I post AMVs every now and again as well. Basically, if you request something, I will do it. Uh, you can request it on the YouTube page, or you'll see down below on King's Eyes there is a Discord uh, called The Failures. And if you join there, you can get suggest new videos. You can interact with me, uh, give me ideas. And there's an interactive part of this series as well, which we'll get to. There's a I'll do like interactive parts every time where you can post the answer to the question. Um, yeah, so Discord and the YouTube. So as I say, the YouTube did have a partner video to this where I did a bit of a brief talk about Arrow. In this episode, I plan on going more in detail with some of the things I said, going over some different things because the podcast is a medium to get a lot more things done and said. So I'm really happy to be here. Thank you so much for King's Eyes for having this podcast for me and helping me to put it all together so without further ado we will get on with the episode so arrow eight seasons started back in 2012 and i can remember sitting there watching the first episode all those years back in 2012 as well because i remember i was watching the tv and i was on sky watching something and i kept seeing this advert for this thing called arrow and i was only 12 at the time and i i, I remember watching it thinking oh what, what's this but i just thought it was a film at first, if I'm honest, like a, a film that came out a few years ago and Sky were just showing it and they were trying to promote it just to get the views on this film they were showing. But then maybe a few days after I saw the initial few trailers, I got a call from my nan going, oh, Ewan, have you seen the trailer for that new show Ewan? It was a, that new show Ewan, that new show Arrow. And it was at that moment that it clicked with me that, oh, hang on, this this is something new. It's not an old film. I, I might give this a watch. And let's say I watched the trailers a few more times. I thought, well, that looks, that looks really cool. So I remember I tuned in for the first episode, and I'm not going to lie, I have been hooked ever since, and I fell in love with the show through its ups, through its downs, because I will admit it's not perfect, and I will discuss this uh, a bit during the video, but I thoroughly enjoyed the show of Arrow, and everything that it sort of brought out in me, and just all, all the ups and downs, because it really inspired me in certain ways, because I think the main thing to look at here is Oliver Queen as a character, because he is obviously the driving force of the show, Green Arrow himself. And what sets him apart from, I think, other TV superheroes, or even film superheroes, is he seemed so real. He wasn't perfect. I've always liked characters that aren't perfect, they're flawed. I don't like the goody-two-shoes characters like Superman or those sort of characters. I mean, I do still like them to an extent, but they're not my favourites. I prefer the flawed, humanised characters, because I feel like I can relate to them more. And out of any fictional superhero that is portrayed on live-action TV or film, the one I found myself relating to most was Oliver Queen. Because he just seemed so normal. Yes, you take away the money and the expert martial arts training and the fact that he can shoot anything from anywhere and he's got the accuracy of some sort of superhuman. You take that all down 
and he's just a regular guy struggling through life really and dealing with the choices of his parents and the choices of him and there were certain points in my life maybe if I was down or something I think what would Oliver Queen do and I'd look at his strength his will to carry on keep fighting and as a character he really really did inspire me but as I said the main part of that is because he was so real we start out meeting him and you find out obviously the first thing you see is him sort of escaping from the island and you realise he's been there for five years and it's clear without even saying anything that he's been through a lot and as you get introduced to him you realise that he used to be a right douchebag of a person like a really rich kid just didn't care about anyone else's feelings but you can see in the Oliver Queen that you met in this episode that there's something different there's something not right and as you go through the series, you realise that if anything, he's damaged from the experiences he went through on the island. But he came out stronger on the other side, as I think in an episode on with the Huntress, Helena Bertinelli, she even says that he's been through a crucible and he came out stronger. And that is so true of the character. He had those five years on the island in Hong Kong and Russia, wherever he was. He went through a serious crucible where it really tested his character and scraped away. And this is another thing they said in the show. It scraped away everything he wasn't and left what he was. The person he really was underneath that rich playboy, which was a very, very good man. And in spoiler territory now, in the last episode, um, season 8, episode 10, when Quinton Lance is giving a speech at the memorial for the Green Arrow, he even mentions that Oliver Queen was a good man. He was an honourable man. And that is true to his character, but he was flawed because he lied a lot. He was a kind of person who felt like he had to lie to protect those closest to him. Whether that was right or wrong in certain situations, we don't know. But that was a core of who he sort of was. He was very secretive, and that probably stems from the five years on the island as well. The fact that he was all alone, like, who can he really trust? But then you do get people he can trust. And the two people I'd say he probably trusts most, and it's not even probably he does, are... Felicity Smoke and John Diggle, and I will get onto them very shortly because they are the two other characters I'm going to focus specifically on in this video because I think they are the core three that make this show. But just a bit more about Oliver Queen because he grows a lot through the series. You see season one, he is he's flat out a serial killer. He he has no remorse. He, he works his way through people without caring, but as he develops, mainly because of John Diggle, and you see that actually in the last episode as well in a flashback, it was really Diggle that got him to start thinking, are there other ways to save this city other than just murdering every single one percenter I come across? And he really grows through the series and he stops killing as much and he does become a hero, not just crossing names off a list. He's, he's saving his city by taking down crime as well, not just these people who are on the book that his father gave him. And then, obviously, through Tommy Merlin dying at the end of season one, he decides to give up killing and this... This duality between killing and not killing is what really drives his character as the show progresses. And that's what I find so interesting, because he does flip-flop between it. So yeah, season two, killing's off the table. Season three, mm, you're treading in some dark waters of the whole League of um, Assassins, Ra's al Ghul storyline. But he, he does kill Ra's al Ghul, but he tries his best not to kill in that scenario. Season 4, he goes for the no-killing rule again. Strictly no-killing. If anyone else does die, it's more collateral damage. He tries his best not to kill. But then in the end, to take down Damien Dark for good, he has to put him down. So then by Season 5, he's a cold-blooded murderer again. And that is the brilliance of Season 5 as a series. That it challenges that duality. Because the villain Prometheus, who is the son of someone he murdered in the past... It's the whole point of legacy. What will Oliver leave behind when he dies? Is he just a murdering psychopath or will he be remembered as a hero? 
obviously we now know as it ends he will forever be remembered as a hero the man who saved star city the man who saved the multiverse uh, when you look at crisis but at the time we didn't know that we were really looking at oliver's legacy as in well is what he's doing right is the crusade just and fair or is it actually something he's doing to justify a killing spree and that constant flip-flopping going back and forth between killer not killer is what made him so interesting and it was and that is driven even further by the real problem which is the duality between oliver queen and the green arrow the vigilante the arrow the hood whatever you want to call him it's the duality between the two personalities oliver didn't a man can't live by two names as they say in the show and oliver didn't think that he deserved to be Oliver Queen. He didn't think Oliver Queen existed anymore. He thought all that was left was the Green Arrow, was this monster, was this darkness that was left with him for the five years. And the fight between the two sides of him is really what drove his inner conflict and his character arc through the whole show. Because at the start, he was adamant that Oliver Queen died on the island and what was left was something, someone else, something else. And he goes on and... Through the series, he, he lets in more of Oliver Queen. He starts to love Felicity. He's obviously loved her for a very long time. And he starts to let that sort of thing in. But when it goes wrong, he reverts to his cocoon of hiding himself away. No, Oliver Queen can't live when she's hurt. Because they go on a date and she's hurt. He reverts to, no, I can't be Oliver Queen because people are getting hurt. I must only be the Green Arrow. And that leads to their eventual split. And it's that duality that makes him such an interesting character. Because most superheroes... You know, they live the duality as far as Clark Kent is a reporter and then he's Superman. But there aren't many other superheroes who lead the double life. So literally, they think their actual self isn't their self anymore. And it's not until probably season seven that Oliver really comes to grip with the fact that he is the Green Arrow and the Green Arrow is him. He can be both because they are the same person. And it's at this point where his relationship with Felicity really... They, they go off to live a happy life. Felicity's pregnant with their what will become their future daughter Mia. But obviously that's when crisis then happens. And it's quite unfortunate that as he finally accepts that he can be happy as both. And he's built up a team. So, like, so he's happy enough that he doesn't have to fight for the city anymore. He doesn't have to be the Green Arrow. That will always be part of him. But he can live as Oliver Queen. He gets taken off to crisis and as we know he eventually he dies in crisis giving his life twice actually to save as many people as he can and it's that sort of sad tragic story and that's what i love so much about the ending a lot of people don't like the, the final scene to arrow i thought it was as perfect as you could have got for oliver queen the fact that after 20 years felicity finally meets him in the afterlife and they get to live the rest of eternity together and that line where he's like um it's a long story but fortunately for us, I have, we have all the time in the world for me to tell it to you. I imagine that as Oliver finally telling the story of what happened to him on the island, finally completely opening up, no bars held, just telling her everything that happened to him, the story of the Green Arrow. And that, I think, is such a beautiful moment, the moment where they, first, where they reunite for that time. And yes, he didn't get to watch his kids grow up, but he got the happy ending he deserved because he got to be with the woman he loved as Oliver Queen. And I thought that was a fantastic ending, despite what other people say. But I've spoken about her enough now, so let's move on to our favourite IT girl, Felicity Smoke. Now, Felicity was only meant to be in maybe a few episodes of season one as a minor reoccurring character, just helping out Oliver with the cases as she did, with the, uh, the vertigo, hunting down the laptop, etc, etc. 
But the chemistry between the actress Emily Bette Ricards and Stephen Amell was so good that the people decided to keep her on a bit. And then it just kept developing and developing. And eventually the writers, I think, through the power of shipping and the internet, decided, oh, why don't we make her uh, the love interest? And Felicity was such a brilliant character because she was one of the group that wasn't a fighter. She wasn't a soldier. But she was in the trenches with them every single time. She would put her life on the line for any of her friends, despite not being some archery expert, not being some ex-military um, soldier like Deagle. But she was down in the bunker every single time, fighting alongside the rest of them, never giving up and always having hope. She was the most hopeful out of the three of them, I'd say, to the point where one of my favourite quotes from her is in season two, uh, I think it's the second to last episode, where Diggle and Oliver go off to get the cure for the Miracure, no, go to get Roy to bring him and try the cure, Miracure cure on him. She says the line, if the two of you don't come back, I'm going to be pissed. And it's a very funny line because you can see that she, even in these dark times, is making jokes. Yes, probably to deal with the stress of the situation, but because but she had hope, hope in Diggle, but mainly hope in Oliver. You could always see her hope was always in Oliver Queen that he could be a good man and that he could save the city, that there was nothing that he couldn't do if he tried his hardest. And that, I think, is what made her really stand out because she wasn't just an IT girl. She was the heart of Team Arrow. She was the heart of Oliver Queen. And she really grounded him. And she would call him out on his bullshit. I mean, Diggle was the only other person who would really do that as well, regularly. She would always call him out. And sometimes I thought it was unnecessary, like the whole thing with William, like, you know... Oliver had an ultimatum, didn't really have a choice in not telling her, but that's something I'll get to in a minute on how far was Elicity good or not. But I think as characters, they worked really well, Oliver and Felicity, and Elicity was brilliant when it wasn't forced, but it's when the show started out as melodrama for the sake of melodrama that it ended up becoming too much of a drag, Elicity, because they tried to force in drama to keep it interesting, but it just made it dull. Like all the whole, as I say, the whole thing with William and then breaking up, I thought that was so unnecessary. It was just added in there for the shock and the drama. When really, just let them be together. But it's because they knew they were going on for more seasons. They needed to drag out this will. They weren't they? A bit like Ross and Rachel in Friends. They needed to drag it out, even though logically they should have been together ages ago. And that's the biggest problem with Felicity. They tried to force in the drama for the sake of oh, we need to keep this show going. And that's, I think, the biggest problem with a lot of the issues in Arrow, which I will get to shortly, but I think we can't talk about the characters without talking, of course, about John Diggle, who is the rock to Oliver Queen. If Oliver Queen ever needed to rely on someone in the field, it was always John Diggle, and he was the one who I always felt like really brought him down to earth and, and questioned him on, as I say, the crusade, is this right or wrong? And they started out not having much like or respect for each other and ended up as brothers. And I think that is the strongest thing about them as characters, that they really were in the trenches together for the long run, these two. And they had that relationship that they would do anything for each other. And that's where some of the melodrama between them was good because it wasn't forced the drama between them a lot of the time because it was a conflict of they were brothers. And if Oliver turned on him, that wasn't good. If Diggle something behind Oliver's back that wasn't good it wasn't necessarily forced between them because they had such a strong bond that what could if they betray each other it is a big deal and that was the same with all three of them except to say Elicity had a few that were a bit questionable at times but that was Diggle was I think the moral heart of the group that he would always know what to say in a speech and 
Whilst Felicity was, you know, the, the backup and the heart in the terms of she had hope, Diggle was was the rock and the heart, and he would he would always support them like the older brother and carry them through, especially Oliver. And both of them would have been... Oliver and Diggle would have been dead ten times over if it wasn't for each other, having each other's back and having that ultimate trust for each other. And that was what makes original Team Arrow so good. They all had such a trust for each other that even Oliver, who did have a thing for lying... They trusted each other so much that they always had each other's back no matter what was going on. And I find that is the most important thing in this show. It's the relationship between those three characters. And you can't really talk about the characters without giving credit to the amazing actors that portrayed them. Stephen Amell, Emily Betricards and David Ramsey. Who brought life to these characters in such a way that the relationships seem so real. And the reason they do is because you watch them off screen and these people have similar relationships yes they're not going out every night and fighting crime but they are brothers sisters they are family to each other and they do all deeply love each other and it's a cast like that that really makes the show an original team arrow really knocked that one out of the park so i think arrow deserves a very well done for their casting of their main three even though it wasn't meant to be a main three originally and felicity wasn't meant to be there the fact that she was it's just champagne casting and really shows the intelligence of the writers that they know how to adapt and write in brilliant characters and these three made what Arrow went on to be and that's the core of it really the core of the show is those three and that's why I love the show because yes it had its ups and downs which I will go over very shortly but through the ups and downs the core of it were Oliver, Felicity and Diggle and their relationships yes mainly focusing on Oliver as the titular character but the three of them are what made that show what it was. They were the heart of Arrow. And being the heart of Arrow really is what kept me watching through everything, through thick and thin, through season one, which was brilliant, to season four, which was not so good. And I say we will go over very shortly. It's those three and the relationship they shared with each other and the fact that you could relate to all of them. You wanted to be them. You wanted to know them that really made the show stand out. Now, before we get on to talking through a, a brief run-through of the seasons 1 to 8, and just talking about those and short opinions on those, I feel it's time for a bit of interactivity. This is where you will need to be part of the Discord server if you want to take part. Just a fun little game. I have a line ready from Arrow already. This is from Season 1, so it is going back a bit far, but why not start where it began? And I'm going to play a bit of the quote, and all you have to do is tell me what the rest of this line is, and you can even detail the scene to me. And this will be in one of the servers on the Discord channel. I believe there will be one like user interaction or podcast interaction. Just comment down what you think the rest of the quote was, and what you think is going on in the scene. So what is the ending of that quote or scene? Because obviously there's more than one line going on there. That is all you have to do. Let me know what is going on in that scene and how that scene finishes, what, what line is being said next. So with that out of the way, let's move on to a run through of season one to eight of Arrow. Season one sees the titular character Oliver Queen return from five years in hell to Starling City and you find out that he has a plan. That plan is to save the city by using the list of names that his father gave him and taking them out one by one to stop the 
one percenters that are poisoning the city and tearing it down from the inside and that is mainly what season one of arrow is yes it has all the drama on the inside and you find out there's a deeper plan called the undertaking being run by malcolm merlin who is uh, meant to be a duality representation of oliver arrows bows all the martial arts but evil wants and whereas oliver wants to save people to save the city malcolm's quite there to kill people but the duality comes from the fact that both are serial killers at the time like oliver has killed loads of people as well and yes malcolm sets off an earthquake machine which kills far more than oliver ever probably could doesn't change the fact that that's the duality there both are killers but which one's crusade is right are either of their crusades in the right at the time that season one takes place i'd argue oliver's is when he gets round to the not killing part of it but at the start, I'd say his crusade isn't entirely noble either. And he, at the start, doesn't even know why he's crossing these names off the list. He just does it because his dad told him to, blindly. He doesn't even know what kind of man his father really was. Um, he, he knows roughly the evil things his father had done, but not completely at the time. And that was the brilliance of season one. It was more the duality of, is Oliver the hero? Because Malcolm thought he was the hero of his own story. So the whole duality is which one of them is actually the hero? Are any of them the heroes? And I'd argue Oliver is because he is fighting to save lives and he realises that killing is wrong. Whereas Malcolm never renounces that really and that's his biggest downfall. Um, but yeah, that's, that's season one. And season two goes on even more because it's more living with Oliver's mistakes, which is a big theme through all of Arrow because Deathstroke comes back, someone who he befriended on the island but when he went crazy and Oliver told him a lie, he lost his mind a bit due to the Mirakuru, Oliver chose to kill him instead of curing him. But it turns out that he wasn't dead all along. And after five years, he's come back with revenge, for revenge. And he ended up killing Oliver's mother, almost destroying the whole city, killing loads of innocent people. And it's really about Oliver realising that he's made mistakes. He's got to live up to these. He's really got to try and... And, and it's that idea of legacy that really drives the show as well because Oliver's father's legacy was the list and Oliver had to clean that up. It's what legacy has Oliver left in his wake of all the killing terrible things but good things that he has also done. And that is why I do like season eight. Sorry, just segueing a bit again to season eight because season eight shows that Oliver's legacy will be remembered as that of a hero. He, he was the hero in the end, but back during these early seasons... We had no idea what his legacy would end up being because we didn't know all the things he'd done, didn't know all the things he would do. We were sort of left in the dark thinking, well, yeah, he's a hero now, but some of the stuff he's done is very terrible and questionable. And that's what I think makes it so interesting. Going into season three, it had some really good ideas. The whole League of Assassins thing, considering Arrow is meant, was, I suppose, Batman anyway. Using Ra's al Ghul in the League of Assassins is a brilliant way to link that even more. I just think sometimes the execution was a bit poor and I think the end was a bit rushed. We should have had more scenes with Oliver training to be Raz and we should have known more about what his plan actually was because the whole plan to destroy Starling City by Raz was very out of the blue. And I think it was just a case of the whole thing was rushed. But I did like the start of Olicity and the more will they won't lay in Oliver dealing with the two sides of his personality, which was handled quite well in this season. But unfortunately, the season just falls flat overall, which is a real shame because Ra's al Ghul was very good in this season. And I didn't mention him much, actually. I'll go back to season two. Deathstroke was brilliant as a villain, as a character when he comes back in the future as well, because Oliver doesn't kill him, which is part of his whole uh, development and growth. 
he was brilliant and Ra's al Ghul was a brilliant villain acted very well as well but it just fell flat as a series because of the way it was executed I think sometimes and the way the story might have been a little bit rushed at times but that doesn't stop it being good and that does not stop the cast and crew from shining in the way they film to the way they write to the way they act the actual script is brilliant it's just a story I just feel like it could have been paced a little better but then I can't judge too much because I don't know much about writing a TV show either. I just write podcasts and YouTube videos. But that's the thing with Arrow. The cast always shines. I say the, the three that I mentioned earlier between Oliver, Felicity and Diggle always shine. But then you've also got Detective Lance, Laurel Lance, uh, Thea, Roy. All of the cast shine in this show. There's not a character that I can say... Even if I don't like the character, the actual actor or actress normally does a smashing job. It's normally just a story of the writing that might let them down. And that's the big case with season four. Season four is fantastic. The acting is brilliant. Oliver Queen is, is encapsulating as normal. Maybe the Elicity is a bit too forced here. This is, I think, one of the biggest problems with season four. Elicity is just rammed down your throat. And it's like, guys, like we, I love them, but let's not just overdo it. Some of the drama is good as well because you get the drama between Diggle and his brother and that's a new dynamic, that you, a new side to Diggle that you don't see. But I think the biggest problem with season four was the fact that Arrow was conceived as quite a down-to-earth show. Um, based really off the Dark Knight trilogy, I suppose, where it's meant to be realistic, dark and gritty. But then you get to season four and they introduce magic and the Lazarus Pit, I could accept. I'm like, mm, yeah, fine. I know you've introduced metahumans like The Flash as well. I've got nothing wrong with that being on their own show. But Arrow should have always tried to keep it down to basics and the way it was. And Damien Dark was... The acting was brilliant. I can't fault the acting for Damien Dark whatsoever. Or the casting. I just don't think Damien fit with the theme of the show. And that's the biggest problem. Because he, he was very good in Legends Season 2. The Legion of Doom were fantastic. And... That's what I mean, the character was good, he just didn't fit the tone of Arrow, which was more... I know they were going for a more light-hearted approach in Season 4, but you can be light-hearted without getting too silly. That's the balance you needed to find, and Arrow always worked when it was darker anyway. Yeah, have Oliver smile a bit more, have him make a few jokes and quips, but let's not make it Flash and Legends of Tomorrow level silly for the sake of... It, it just didn't work for the show and I like the fact that after that season which was really a trial I suppose you get season 5 which as Stephen Amell famously says it was going back to basics and that it did because season 5 was fantastic I, most people would argue that it was the best season of Arrow I think I personally prefer season 1 but that's more for nostalgia I think but season 5 is fantastic I could sit there and watch season 5 over and over again I could watch all of Arrow over and over again but season 5 is a very specifically good series for the way it once again deals with legacy because Prometheus is the son of a man that Oliver killed back in season one you don't you don't see it in season one it's sort of one of the people that you don't see him kill but he does do it in season one and he's out for revenge for his father trying to prove that Oliver isn't a hero that he's just this ruthless killer that killed for the sake of it and used the list as an excuse and it's so clever and you get the new team arrow as well who whilst they're never going to replace Oliver Felicity Diggle, Wild Dog, Mr. Terrific, the new Black Canary, Ragman. They're all brilliant additions to the team and I think they all added something. They were just let down in later seasons but we'll get to that. 
in not very long when I talk about season six and season seven. But at the moment we're still talking about season five and how brilliant it was. The finale, Lian Yu, was just beautifully done, bringing back old characters, finally rounding off Malcolm Merlin's character arc, showing that he did love Thea very much as his daughter, as he gave his life for her, and bringing Deathstroke back post-Mirakuru. His mental... He's, he's not a bad guy anymore because he, he's not insane. And he regrets what he did to Oliver and... You can see that brotherhood building again. Yes, it will never be what it was, but there's that trust building again between these two people who were brothers for a certain amount of years on the island. And the way Adrian, the episode Capucha, where which means I think Hood or Arrow is one of the two. I'm pretty sure it's Hood. Where you just see Adrian torturing Oliver until Oliver admits that he enjoyed killing and that's why he did it. Not because he thought it was a noble thing to do, but he did it because he liked killing. That was such a brilliantly clever episode and it just really showed Oliver's internal conflicts because there's the part of it that was like if you've been tortured for that long you're gonna say anything they want you to say just to make the pain and even someone as strong as Oliver Queen will break after a certain amount of pain but then you've got at the same time that the fact that Oliver questions it even after the torture there was a point there. Did he just kill because he enjoyed it? What is he really a hero? But then go to the finale and he proves that he is because he refuses to kill Adrian Chase. Um, obviously, Adrian Prometheus then shoots himself in the head, causing the island to explode and we know the rest. But it's a very cleverly written season and Prometheus being this just mastermind who knows everything Oliver's going to do and he's always 10 steps ahead. He's just brilliantly clever. And he throws Team Arrow right for a loop. And but it was also in this season that Olicity started to get better again because there were more subtle hints that they still loved each other. And there was the episode where Prometheus blows up the bunker and uh, Felicity and Oliver are down there basically dying, running out of oxygen, trying to find a way out. And it's just the subtle discussions like that where they realise that they do still love each other and there is this thing still there. And then by season six, Oliver and Felicity become a thing again. And season six, as I say, isn't bad. It's just a step back from season uh, five. Its biggest problem being they try and force too much drama using the new recruits. Saying, oh, you don't trust us as much as, you know, Diggle and Felicity. Which, in fairness, of course he's not going to. Like, he's been through hell with Diggle and Felicity. You guys have only been around for a year. And but it's just forced melodrama for the sake of it. Like, having a splinter team arrow and... It's all just ridiculous. Even the bit where Diggle becomes the Green Arrow and there's then the the disagreement between Oliver and Diggle. And that, that just seems a bit forced. Season 6's biggest problem seems like it's being forced too much. And the villain Ricardo Diaz, whilst he isn't bad, he's not great either. And he's not even really the main villain for all of the season. It's a bit of a, a weird dichotomy going on between him and Caden James. And you get all the other villains as well. So you sort of get a supervillain team. You've got Anatoly, Black Siren, Vigilante, Caden James, uh, the dragon in Ricardo Diaz. And as I say, they're not bad. And Black Siren, I think, is the best character in that lineup because she gets a full character arc later on, as we'll see through season seven and season eight. And maybe even getting another one in an upcoming spin off. But I'll talk about that slightly at the end. But that's the problem. Ricardo Diaz wasn't bad, but he wasn't really memorable. And that was his biggest problem. Then you get to season seven, and this is the biggest, I think, split for me. Because half of season seven 
I'd argue is absolutely fantastically written. And the other half is quite forgettable, to be fair. It's the first half that's brilliant, where Oliver's in the prison complex, is it Slapside? And it's him living with being a criminal, but living with all these people that he has put away as the Green Arrow, and they all know who he is. And it's basically him trying to survive in prison, but also finding out there's darker things going on in the prison and actually still being a hero despite being a, a detained convict. And it's very, very good to see in the... Fun Almost the finale of that arc is brilliant. Or Ricardo Diaz lets all the prisoners out and it's Oliver Queen, but he makes the unlikely ally of Bronze Tiger. And the two of them fight their way out of it. And obviously Oliver Queen then eventually gets released. But that sort of finale of that arc was better than, I think, the finale of the actual season, really. Because it was just so well written, so well put together, well acted by Stephen Amell. And I, I really loved it. But then you've got the second half with the Ninth Circle and Emiko Queen. And I thought... There was so much more you could have done with it. Emiko's motivations were a bit iffy to do because it was sort of a business deal with Robert Queen, and there was just so much that was forgettable about it. And she wasn't a very forgettable villain, which is a shame because the theme of season seven being the whole thing of finally letting go of his father's mistakes and realizing that they aren't all on his shoulders, he's got his own life to live. And eventually, it's the whole idea that he feels comfortable, that he has saved the city. He is willing to leave the bunker behind, leave behind being the Green Arrow, and go off and live with Felicity. In fact, that final scene in Season 7, where you see them close down the bunker, it's quite fulfilling, because Oliver Queen finally feels like he's done what he set out to do all those years ago. He's saved the city, but he's inspired another group of people that will come up and save it if it ever does fall back into darkness. And that's where the flash forwards are really controversial for me as well. Because the flashbacks in all the previous seasons have been... Season 1 and 2, I'd say, they were brilliant. Season 3, it's getting a bit unnecessary. Season 4, mm, season 5, good for more of an origin story. But the flash forwards are very questionable in the series because I think the casting is brilliant. In fact, uh, Catherine McNamara as Mia Smoke, Black Star which is essentially a new character, not Black Star, but Mia Smoke is, was brilliant. I thought she was brilliant. She plays the daughter of Oliver and Felicity perfectly well. She she looks like a mix of two of them, and she acted like a perfect mix of two of them, but also someone who didn't grow up with that father. But you can see in the way she resents him, that rage that Oliver Queen was quite famous for. And I thought the casting was brilliant. And the flash-forwards, whilst enticing, it sort of ruined the whole point of what we're seeing in the present. Because we're seeing in the present Oliver willing to give up being the Green Arrow to go and live a life and having these people that can take over for him and keep the city safe. As Diggle describes it, a cycle of heroes, a cycle of good. But then we see in the future that these people have let him down and some of the people he trusted most are the reason the city is now in ruins. And that's that's where the flash forwards really get me and confuse me on, well, what's the point of this? Because in the one story we're seeing how Oliver Queen is ready to trust other people and finally give up and let other people take over for him but in the flash forwards we're seeing it was all for nothing but then we get to season eight where we i suppose find out why they did that because season eight i wouldn't really call it an episode of arrow sorry season of arrow it's 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 crossover prep season really it's all of getting ready for crisis and 
Plus, I love all the cameos, and it was really a way for Stephen Amell to get one last scene of a lot of characters who had died. And the episodes were all brilliant, really. The first episode was fantastic, and it's how they sort of recount certain story beats of the seasons. And some of the moments were really touching, like him with Quinton Lance. Um, and even the first episode where he sees his mum again, he sees Tommy again. They're all very touching. But it's not a season of Arrow. It doesn't fit the story of the man who just retired. It's all just building up to crisis on Infinite Earths. And that's where it's... I'm a bit iffy on it. Because yes, all the episodes are brilliant on their own. But as a season of Arrow, they don't really work. And that's that's really the big turning point there. Whereas in Crisis... I don't know how I feel about it, because both his deaths were touching. The first time he died, fighting till the end to save as many people as he could. The second time he died, rebuilding the entire multiverse. You have failed this universe. I thought that was quite brilliant. As as I'm sure you've realised, I'm quite a big fan of the line, you have failed this city, hence the namesake. So the nice touch on that was quite cool. It was like an I am Iron Man moment, really. But at the same time, I just feel like the troop... Oliver should have got more screen time, considering this was his last crossover. I feel like he should have been more important I know he was important because he was the Spectre but I feel like he should have had a bigger role or him and Flash should have got more scenes because I feel like it focused too much on Supergirl and Batwoman which I don't mind them being a friendship but considering this was the last time we'd get to see Flash and Arrow interact it would have been nice to see more of them but that's beside the point the point is season 8 wasn't really a season of Arrow until the last episode and I'm purposely sort of dodging around episode 9 for season 8 so far because that was Green Arrow and the Canaries, which was a backdoor pilot for what will hopefully become a new spin-off show featuring Mia Queen, because now she has taken her father's name as well, and the two Black Canaries, <laughs> Dinah Drake and the Earth 2 Laurel Lance, both of which are great characters. The only problem is I'm not sure how much room they have for development because they have been through a lot as characters. Black Siren going to Black Canary, becoming a good guy. Dinah Drake's been through a lot as well. Mia Smoke slash Queen is the only character there who I think really has a lot you could give with her. But even then, a lot of her arc has been covered in the flash forwards and then the way she interacted with her father in season eight. However, that aside, I am hoping that the Arrow writers or just the, the writers at DC and the CW completely blow it out of the park because I'm looking forward to it because I think the three actresses are brilliant in their roles and say Catherine McNamara has really blown me away as Mia Queen so far so I really hope that this show does take off and we get a good few seasons out of it you know just living up to Oliver Queen's legacy but that's it legacy we get to the final episode of Arrow fade out and this is where the story really wraps itself up so perfectly well because the whole show is about legacy. And in this episode, it's all about what Oliver's legacy now is, now that he's sacrificed himself as the Green Arrow. And you find it's a legacy that his father would be proud of, Yael Faye would be proud of. Everyone who he's lost and he's worked with over the years would be proud of. because when, But also, when he reset the universe, he brought back loads of people who he'd lost. He brought back his mother, Tommy, uh, Detective Lance, so many others. And it's that legacy, as I've been saying through most of this, this um, podcast, this episode. 
Legacy is what Arrow is really about. And you see in that final episode, the, the legacy Oliver finally leaves behind is one of heroism, one of courage, one of honour. One of doing everything he could to save his city and inspiring so many others to do the same. Because that's what he was. He, he was an inspiration. He was a member. He was friends of all these superheroes with powers and aliens. But he was their leader because he inspired them. Oliver Queen was the man who, he had no powers, but he'd fight with anyone to save his city and save his friends. He'd do anything he could. And it's that legacy you see in his funeral with everyone that turns up. You get Flash and Supergirl show up, Anatoly, all of the people who have been on Team Arrow. Even some of his enemies, who he's brought back, like Talia Al Ghul and Emiko, turn up to his funeral because he was a hero. And that's what's so important. And you get that in the flashbacks in this episode as well, which are some of the best flashbacks for a while. Because you get a flashback to Season 1 Oliver and Diggle back when they're first starting their relationship. And Oliver's, once again, a flat-out serial killer. But Diggle reminds him that there is another way. And Diggle even says that in the eulogy at, at the funeral. As I said, he's always good at speeches where he talks about how the Oliver Queen he met all those years ago is not the Oliver Queen they say goodbye to today. And it's things like that. And even where he mentions the famous, you know, Oliver always told me that to save his city he had to become someone else, something else. But I always thought that meant being the Green Arrow. But now I realise that meant becoming a good man. The best man he knew how to be. And it's stuff like that showing that Oliver's legacy isn't one of death and, and all the people he's lost. It's a legacy of all the people that he inspired. And that's not just in the show. It's all the people that he inspired in real life as well, like myself. I'd say I've learned a lot from the character of Oliver Queen and all his journeys. And I've grown a lot through watching this show. And that's what Oliver Queen's legacy became in the end. The legacy of a hero and the man that inspired people to do the right thing and to better themselves. And that, that is what Arrow was. Legacy. And that final episode honoured that to the max. And showed what Oliver Queen's legacy was in-universe, but also in the real world. The legacy that this show, this character who wasn't even real, has left behind on the real world. That of a hero, that of an inspiration to many of us. And that is why, before I get too emotional, I will declare that Arrow, you have not failed. You had a great eight season run through ups and downs, but the legacy you leave behind with the rest of the Arrowverse shows and everyone who watched will be remembered forever. And to that we say thank you Arrow, Thank you to Stephen Amell. Thank you to all the cast and crew who worked so hard to make such a great show for eight years. And thank you, everyone, so much for watching. And I will see you next week when we talk about this potential for a spin-off in Green Arrow and the Canaries. Bye for now.